Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. Five sketch ideas. I'm Andy. And I'm Alistair George William. Bloody Trombley Birch. And I am recording this looking out of a window. I don't think... Oh, your ideas are going to be so much more poetic oh, than Oh, Alistair, mine. already I'm, I'm brimming over with, um, I guess you'd call it poetic ideas. Yes. Do you think that there's a chance that the moon might hit your eye? <laughs> now... Is this is the song quite literally the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie? That's yeah, a but I don't think it's a physical hit. I don't think somebody's. I don't think so, I don't think somebody's uh, gone into the orbit mm. of the moon mm. and has been physically not in any way going the right, the right speed to keep up with it, and it's been run into by the moon. Right, right. That could happen, right? If you just went straight up. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a risk that you take. I think, I think, percentage-wise, in terms of the fraction of the arc of the, you know, the the, the sky that is occupied by the moon, I, I think you know it, you're probably pretty statistically speaking safe. But you'd be a fool not to take it into account as a possibility. But Alastair, you know, even if that part of the sentence is metaphorical, the moon hitting your eye. Yeah. Yes, the moon doesn't hit your eye literally. Yeah, but but even then, it feels like it's double double metaphorical because also a, a pizza pie doesn't hit your eye, does it? Right. Well, it depends because maybe he's talking about when you're spinning it above your head. <laughs> you're, so you're working your in the, you're working in the kitchen, and you're yeah. doing that sort of flicking base thing that you yeah, do. but you're doing it with sauce and ingredients on <laughs> already the, on there on the base, <laughs> and it's cooked already. <laughs> okay. You you construct the entire thing while spinning. Well, the thing is, is that it could be. Mm. You know, like how you go to some frozen yogurt places and they have that thing where they they get about to give you the frozen yogurt, but then they turn it upside down. I to show you that it's it's such a such a viscous yogurt that you can turn it upside down and it won't fall out. Yeah. Okay. Well, same like that, like this. So you could you could probably. Make up the pizza pie, mm. cook the pizza pie, but then everybody goes. Well, structurally speaking, are these ingredients are they locked in by the cheese? Yep, and that's and you could prove that <laughs> at this place by spinning it above your head, cre- creating all that centrifugal or centra- centripetal force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think centrifugal and, is the and one showing that you're none of the capsicum, yeah, none of the little slices of champignon. Mm. They don't fly off. 
fly if none of the celery chunks mm. fly off. Yep. And what you got yourself is a structurally secure. Um, I guess it's like a roller coaster ride. That all those ingredients have to be locked in. But but <laughs> maybe maybe this is for if for where you do take a pizza on a roller coaster ride. It's a it's a dine yes. dine in roller coaster. Uh and nice. <laughs> and and it it's got a it's got a obviously a, a wood fire oven at the front. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe maybe the food is provided before you get on, but they do have to run it through a series of tests to demonstrate to you that it is safe, structurally speaking. You know, it's crash t- crash tested for use on the roller coaster, and that's hence why they do the spinning, etc. But also, it could be like a dining tram where the food is made on the roller coaster, which <laughs> well, is probably I think maybe funnier. they serve it to you while you're stopped. Okay. I think they serve it to you while you're stopped yeah. because they don't want to have to remake food. Yeah, but. They basically they spin it in front of you mm-hmm. to show you. So if you lose any ingredients, it's your fault. Yeah, we did everything. They're sick we of did. taking. <laughs> they have paid out so much in dropped pizzas and and injuries and things like that. They're like they're done. Yeah, we're done with paying out. Look, <laughs> spin the pizza. This is on you now. Bef- we made you sign a thing before we um before we give up on the business entirely, because you know this is my passion project. I want to give it one last chance, which is that we will continue to sell food for the roller coaster, but we will make sure that it is stress tested um, before takeoff. Um, and if you choke in the loop de loop, use the bar in front of you to self Heimlich maneuver. Well, um, that maybe there's a button that will constrict the bar. This happens so often yeah. that they've built the bars so that they actually are mobile and capable of delivering a. Um... They can go sort of in and then up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, of course, then both people sitting in the roller coaster seat have to get the Heimlich maneuver, even if not both are choking. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but. But that but, is... you know, it's a small price to pay for saving yeah. either your beloved or some stranger you've been forced to sit next to <laughs> because a... because your beloved wanted to sit next to somebody else. <laughs> your beloved is dating someone. Has decided that this is where they were going to take their first yeah open relationship date <laughs> while you're there. <laughs> it's a great first date. The um. The roller coaster dining dining car, the dining car on the dining roller coaster. Um, just thought I would just let you know that um, if you're hearing any childish laughter in the background, uh, the podcast isn't haunted by the ghost of a dead child. We made sure of that. Uh, that's because I'm recording outside the bedroom of my son, and he obviously I thought he was asleep, and he isn't, and he's hearing me laugh, and he's copying me, and so you can hear him. Wow, that's Remy. Uh, yeah, getting funny. in on the action, yeah. That's great that he's like he's he's doing the right thing. You know, he's oh, like yeah. he knows he knows the social cues. <laughs> he's a supportive audience member. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's I mean, also no the howling the of dogs. Show. So it's a real audio feast. If you're getting this, does he do does he do howling as well? He does. We actually practice howling. That's one of the things that I do with my boys. Is we all yeah, howl great. like wolves. 
Um, you make that sound like you don't do any things with your boys. I, I do. I do lots of things with my boys. Everybody knows Great. that. Now, I think also Everybody knows that? while I we're know, talking Andy, about the fact that <laughs> while we're talking about roller coasters, before we move on to my parenting, um, I also am interested in other ways in which we can treat a roller coaster like it's any other form of transport. And I am thinking of like priority boarding or even first class passengers, like a first class sure. car at the front of the of the roller coaster, yeah. and they are in a kind I of think like one of those neck pillows would be great. Yeah, they get brought champagne. And um, uh, hot towels, and love to see that champagne in the uh, upside down of the loop de loop. I think this could be done as just a really super short sketch, where you have yeah. um, uh, something you know somebody sitting in a chair, and it looks like a like an aeroplane chair, and we keep it keep it as tight. We film this as tight as we possibly can, and then we have a steward coming past uh, uh, a host of, of sorts. Offering champagne, whatever it is, hot towel. They take all of that stuff. Yep, they're looking very relaxed, and then, bam, the roller coaster takes off and everything goes in there. What about the eye? The the eye, the eye covers. Uh, the, yep, those little eye covers. Yes, they're hoping to get some sleep on the, <laughs> on the roller coaster. <laughs> take a take a Valium, have a champagne, put down your eye cover, and with any luck. You'll you'll be asleep for the entire ride. Um, nice, yeah. We never got to the bottom of how, in what sense, the moon does hit your eye like a pizza pie, and in what way that is related to love. So I could understand. Also, a I've metaphor- written down, yes. Andy. And you're going to hate this. No, but you're going to hate this. But I've written down, cleaned up by the moon. Mm. I don't hate that. And hey, I don't hate that. No, it's just it just kind of seems like a fun kind of idea that you just forgot that the moon was moving, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think you would die crashing into if you crashed into the moon? Well, I think the moon would crash into you if you're Oh, so you're not you just sh- you're not shooting up into orbit. You're just sort of stationary somewhere in well, you're, space. Well, yeah, you're shooting up. You're shooting straight up. Yeah. Right? And you're going directly into the altitude where the where the moon is at some altitude and you're stopping there mm. right in that spot mm. and then basically the moon just do you just see it come around <laughs> and you go oh shit and it would i because you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it coming would you no right and it would be but in your head you'd probably hear woo woo and what <laughs> That's that's just a, an auditory hallucination because the moon coming at you is like a big train. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, I wonder, could you be stationary in orbit? You'd have to be orbiting yourself, wouldn't you? No, you wouldn't. You can just be stationary in space. You can just be sitting yeah. there, and then the moon thwacks you. Oh man, it'd be worth it. It'd be worth sending up a camera to do it just so that we could get that footage. <laughs> You know? you know, I think if um, Elon Musk wanted to, you know how he sent that plane, that car into space. Uh, Man, he imagine if he'd sent a plane there. He should have done it as a crash test publicity stunt to prove how good the airbags or fucking whatever in the um, 
in their Tesla R. So that would have been really put it cool. In orbit and then it gets yeah. cleaned up by the moon and the guy inside, and it's a real guy, he's fine. Nice. It's a real guy. Could put that, his brother in there. That, that Elon bought, just bought his life for use yeah, in this machine. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. Like, imagine, you know, let's say it's like three times the payout of what a life insurance thing would have paid out. Mm. That's good for your family. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And they get to watch the live feed. And you know. What would you, how much money would it take you to give up your whole life and like to give up your living time, the rest of your living yeah. time? How much money would they have to offer you <laughs> so that you knew that your your family would be like hyper wealthy? Oh, well, that is the one thing that I've always wanted for my family is, <laughs> is hyper wealth. Um, so you're really tickling my buttons here, Alistair. No, but think about and it. And they're like a Andy, special like, kind of okay. button that is only activated by tickling. Do you have those light switches in your house? I have them. Where you have yeah, to, yeah, yeah, I got those, Andy. You can't just yeah, switch on the light. Them. You've got to, you've got to tease the light. You've got to yeah. get the light to the point of coming on all by itself. The switcherous. Yes. <laughs> the clickerous, Alistair. Clickerous, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's um. a, I don't have a I don't have a smart home. I have a very sensual home. Yeah. Written down clickery. And, and it's not just that you've got to do it to one light switch. You've got to run no, between no, all, all the light the TV, switches. The remote. You've got to run between all the light switches in the house, getting them to just the right point, just to switch on one of the lights. Yeah. Imagine your remote for your TV yeah. and DVD and stuff like that is is it's like seventy five buttons like that, <laughs> and you got to get each one to climax before you can turn on the television, change the channel. Turn on the television. This is just to change the volume one notch on the volume <laughs> scale. Yeah, I'd probably just get up and go and do it on the buttons on the side of the television. Andy, it's a button, therefore, it's a clickerous. Everything. Yeah. It's, that's how you become the best lover in the world. Yep. It's because you're always practicing no matter what. Um, and you have to alternate between doing it. <laughs> Never mind, I won't go into too much detail. <laughs> um, no, Alistair, go, tell me. No, no, Andy. I think... I think just the fact that we've said clickerous is enough. Yeah, you're right. And that it's written down. We should. I think that the idea that there is a, like a light switch. <laughs> I mean, it'd be so much fun to film as a sketch because <laughs> then you have to watch the person. <laughs> What's that? He goes, oh, how do you turn it on? You go, you don't know how to turn on a clickerous? <laughs> you don't just go flicking it on and off. Mm. You got to work up to it. Yeah. And there's a region around the the switch as well. That you've got to, you work your way towards it, and then next next to the thing, there's like just like a, like an open, you know, like one of, like like about the size of like a, an old film tube, yeah, so. canister. He's just like hanging there. Is it just a tub of lube <laughs> that you got to dip your finger into? Because you're not going to just go in there with your, you know. Oh no, no. Anyway, say, yeah. Um. That's dry right. hand. That's something that um, that's one for the whole ceramics class. That sketch. 
whole ceramics class. What? Don't worry about it. In what sense is it a pizza pie? Like the because you're trying to make a metaphor to describe love. Mm. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. But yeah, so you mean like what did what did they actually mean? Well, but you know, in in like uh, the whole point of a metaphor is that you compare something that is indescribable or difficult to describe to something sure. that is more understandable. And yeah. so but I think I think maybe that we're we're interpreting it as it hits your eye in the way that a pizza pie hits your eye. Yeah. Right? I think that's what the sentence is implying. I think you just I restated think, though, it. I think that what they mean is when you see the moon yes it looks like a pizza pie <laughs> yeah no I, I no i get that i understand that he's using a metaphorical sense of hit as in you're looking at the moon right yeah and it it looks like a pizza but yeah. but <laughs> is it is it that supposed to Help us to understand the concept of love. <laughs> you, you, do you see okay. how, like, we're not really any closer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you look at the moon and it reminds you of a pizza. <laughs> That's love. That's love. <laughs> and and, yeah, and it, you know okay, because wait, because I could I could imagine a metaphor oh, in which you look at the maybe moon. Maybe it's a size thing. Well, maybe. yeah, a size, right? You look at the moon, and the moon looks big, but. A pizza is smaller than the moon already, so it just depends yeah. on how distant the pizza is. But have you ever seen a super moon? You ever seen like one of those big moons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look big, sure. They look big, and it makes your heart flutter. Sure, sure. Again, fine, Alistair. And you know what that is? That's a moron. That's a moron. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that's not the line, is it? They're saying it looks like a, a pizza. So you, okay, we're making the huge leap. Well, no, no, but no. I think he's a justified saying, one. I think he's saying when the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. So maybe it's hitting your eye, and you realize this is the size of a pizza pie, like a pizza pie that's close to my face. You're, you know what? You're right. He did say big pizza pie, like a big one. So it must be close. You know, so it hits your. Uh, look, I'm uh, Andy. I'm discovering this at the same time as you. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, wait. But All this right? is good. This is and what it's I like wanted. It's so big, you think. Oh my God! Title the title. The tides are going to be affected. <laughs> call the, the call the shipping uh, reports. Let somebody know. Call my uncle, the captain, mm. the seaboat captain. Um, um, right. And the moon yeah. looks so big. And so maybe it's just so big. It's you've never seen a pizza this big. I mean, a a, a moon this big. And I guess it's the same way that if you bought a pizza, yes, and it came and it looked like perfectly like a tiny moon yeah okay if somebody had garnished that pizza in a way that it just got those those sort of off whites and grays mm. using nothing but pizza ingredients probably a lot of blue cheese i'd say this pizza's upside down i'm looking at the largely uh d- doughy but you know um dark that would be browns places. that would be mostly browns you know what? I mean, I've never really spent that much time looking at the bottom of a pizza. 
But I think, well, depending on how you cook it, you could have a fairly alabaster, you know, creamy, dough-coloured base. I don't think they're all cooked. I don't know what that color is. Alabaster. I mean, it's not a thing that we we look at all that often. You don't look at the bottom of a pizza, do you? I look at a lot of bottoms. Unless you've bought one of those there's no gray bread. One of those glass bottom all brown uh, pizza trays, like a like a glass bottom boat, so you can hold it up above you and see that get a real good look at the base before you eat it. I don't know, Andy. I I've looked at underneath a lot of pizzas. Because you know, I, I I eat my my pizza upside down, cool style. You know, the, you know how that when people shoot a gun, it's cool to turn it to the side <laughs> yeah. to shoot it. I that's how I eat a slice of pizza. Uh, you eat it. I turn it so so the slice goes uh, vertically, yeah, like that. And my, you know, if it, if it's a bit hard, if the base is a bit hard, it cuts right into my gums mm. and stuff. Yeah, and um, and it's and, and it's really and as, it's really awful actually eating it that way. <laughs> as you go but down the one of my eyes, the wedge, usually my right eye, yeah. gets a gets a good <laughs> glimpse of the base, and it tells the left eye. So really, they both know. But you okay? You're eating the pizza on its side, like a because you're cool, right? You're yeah. like a cool guy, and uh, that. As you go down, it gets you have to open your mouth wider and wider to to encompass the the increasing, you know, width of the wedge of pizza you that you're eating. So that's that's yeah. no fun. Um, well, it seems like it, but then what I do is I stand I stand by where that you know they often have that glass area where you can see the people making the pizza and you can see them cutting it. Mm. You know, either with that big sort of semicircle. With the wood, oh yeah, 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 frame on the edge. That's cool. Or with the with the roller. Yep. Either one, I say, cut it a few more times, hon. Right. So you get you get real fractional. And then I get wedges. A few more like yeah. that after they I do mean, it I again. mean, the problem is though that, that you know the smaller you get those wedges, the less structural integrity they have, and they're going to start to flop, right? So you're no longer yeah. you no longer have a rigid. Um, wedge to to eat, you know, and you're trying to look cool here. But you, if you go, you I think go as too long as I've still got an wedge. isosceles triangle, yeah. Uh, I think usually the strength is pretty good. But once, if they get it a bit off and they kind of just get like a long strip, mm. a long strip, then it's you know like that's mostly just basically a rectangle. Yeah, that's when you come into trouble. Now, is um, gangsters doing things on the side? Is it? it it's not yeah. just the guns then. So they do anything that has basically a a planar orientation, a standard orientation like that. They'll... Yeah, pastels. Yeah, pastels. Yeah, if they're if they're using pastels, pastels. The the, the you know the the crayon. Yeah, the crayon. Yeah. So instead of using the pointy end, they turn it on the side and they actually color it in with the big thick wide That's, bit. That is actually pretty gangster. <laughs> yeah. They're laying on color, like it's it's that's, it's no thing. And that's how they do detail. Do you think that you know having a um, a gun on its side like that uh, mm. has any advantages? Yeah, you know, I guess you could get well, a coffee. I mean, on I guess it. the f- hey, you, know, you, you could get someone to put a coffee on it. Like if it's a yeah, wide you could enough gun, a coffee on there, flat, flat and wide. Put a coffee on it. 
You, this is this That's is true. what I do. Uh, I uh, I I do so much shooting with my gun because of you know my gang related activities. I my gun gets so hot I can actually um, I put a little percolator on there, and I, yeah, that's, that's how nice. I make my morning brew. It's gun fired. It's you know it's not wood fired. Gun fired. <laughs> this is my um, oh. American themed uh, pizza restaurant. I have a gun fired pizza oven, and I love that. Uh, the the base of the the oven is lined with uh, semi automatic. Uh, weapons with a bump stock and <laughs> that are just going they off. are firing constantly you've just taped taped the uh with the but the trigger. the trigger is taped on. down yeah and they fire constantly out through the wall of the restaurant and <laughs> uh and you know we've thought about this we're careful we've put we've angled that wall so that it's away from the car park um, yeah, of course. And, it kind of just goes to yeah, and and the, like towards the the toilet block, which is made of bricks, yes. so it's fine. The, <laughs> it's fine. It's safe. And the muzzle heat um, cooks those pizzas perfectly. And other than that, yeah. it's a it's a it's a pretty standard pizza restaurant. But it's a pretty standard establishment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Before you ask, no, we don't serve an americano. We think that that's racist. I don't even know why an Americano would be racist. It, it, I don't know either. Coffee or no? Isn't the Americano? Isn't that a type of pizza? Maybe. Is it also a type of coffee? Well, that's what that's what uh, that's what Starbucks do call their black coffee. I think. Really. Mm. Anyway, is that a sketch? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah think so. I think so. I think gunfired pizza restaurant. Gunfired pizzas, Andy. There's this new gunfired pizza place. I actually think that a little bit of gunpowder flavor in your food would probably taste nice because that smell is good. Why is the smell so good? Why do we like? When have you heard, smelt a gun? Well, I haven't smelt a gun, but I've smelt gunpowder in like um, you? you know, like fireworks and and. Is it always Shit. the same stuff? Is it still just saltpeter? I think it's 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 salt saltpeter, and uh, and other ingredients as well. So they haven't like come up with a better or cheaper gunpowder since. <laughs> I think they probably have lots of options. Um, I think they probably refined it almost there, but I think the uh, the essential chemical reaction could still be the same. Uh, lots of different explosives. Yeah, I don't know. What about for um, armor busting bullets? Mm, well, I, I I think that's more to do with the the bullet itself than it is to do with the uh, the pro- propellant. I'm, I'm googling types of gunpowder. <laughs> the other thing that we have at our well, American restaurant is that we do have a little gunpowder grinder. Uh, on the, on the on the desk on the table on the desk it's desks we don't have tables at our restaurant would that be All good the food a, is to have a desk. grinder of gunpowder do you think you'd just go <laughs> like that <laughs> and it would, would go <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean could that happen is that a, is that a great prank 
That's a great. Pr- that's a really good prank. You put you put it in a pepper grinder. You just put some gunpowder in there. Yep. You might have to chuck. The next in. time they're doing it, they're going. It goes pow. Um. Man. This 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 is going to be too. This is going to be too. This 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 checking for this, looking into the what makes up gunpowder is going to be too much of an involved thing. I think it would. Um, I think it might derail the podcast more than it already has. I'm not one of those it's people okay, who Andy. can research it's and okay. talk. But look, what we got gun fired pizzas, Andy. We got that. We got that. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's that's not a derailing, Andy. That's that's right on track. That's a railing. That's that's the destination. Yep. Destination derail. <sighs> that's if you were just trying to, you know, if one of your destinations was to uh, say you were. Um, I don't know. What's the scenario in which somebody kind of feels the need? Like, do you ever feel the need to like wreck your life a little bit or like to like not wreck your life, but when do you get an urge to be self-destructive? Um, I, you know, it's, it's not that much. I mean, probably I, you know, I do have things where I'm just like, God, I'm just going to have a beer and it's like two in the afternoon and I'm like, and I'm aware that that's probably going to make me um, uh, sub subpar for the rest of the day. Alistair, this story may be drawn from life. This may be based on something that happened to me today. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know that it goes much beyond that. But I think I've I've had a few, very very few, but nights where you, you know, felt like you were dedicated to kind of what felt like a decent. Uh, you know, Bo- boozing uh, intoxicating yes yeah. of yourself. <laughs> yeah, no that 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 has happened. Is is that self destructive? Would you say? I think that, like, I think that's that's the that's what that mm. I think that's what that urge is. It's like, well, I mean, it's like it's wanting to it's wanting to have fun. Mm. It's an attempt to have fun, mm. but it's also knowing that you're like. I'm going to have fun by destroying parts of me that are yeah. conscious. That's interesting. I'd never thought about self... I'd always thought self-destructive, I just thought of it in this literal sense of things that sabotage you in the long term. But there is a very literal interpretation of that, which is that you are trying to destroy parts of the self, right? Like, And drinking is absolutely about that, isn't it? It's like, oh, mm. God, I'm sick of... I'm sick of... Uh, me to a certain extent you know i'm sick of the bits of me that are self-conscious and are uh get in the way of just enjoyment and i am going to destroy them i have this (laughs) go to attack those parts of my identity and get to hang out without them for a while hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And so, uh, is there a way for either a train to do this or for this to be a sketch? (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, like I was trying to think of, I was trying to try, talk about a, a, a train that was self-derailing, feeling self-derailing mm. or destructive. But maybe that's too... Uh, I mean, could I think maybe there be a... You know, you could do it. You definitely do a sci-fi type story in which mm. there is this new thing that kids are doing in the future, right? And it's not a drug. It's actually they get this kind of surgery to have a bit of their brain removed for a certain period of time, right? And then, mm. you know, they'll put it back in oh, just a, a trailer full of sheep just went past my window. God, this is. I'm really getting to see some stuff. Um, Andy, it is. That's a bush poem. It, <laughs> a trailer full of sheep just went past my open window. My son in the next room is laughing in jokes. rhythm with mine. Um, but, oh, fuck, what was I saying? Yes, so it's a, it's a sci-fi thing where kids are getting um, getting brain surgery or surgery or even doing brain surgery on on each other. Right at these parties, mm. and they take a bit of your brain out, and they keep it in something which keeps it fine, and then they put it in again. You know, two, three, four hours later, and you're you're more or yeah. less fine. It takes you a while to recover because your brain has to grow back together. Or maybe they can just zap it, like they've got a thing that can zap it through the head. It's just something that you can put on your head, and it kind of finds the coordinates of certain mm. areas well, in your brain, and just goes like that, and you go whoa. <laughs> Alistair, absolutely, that is true. But I think that is almost um, too realistic and just something that probably will happen quite soon. Whereas <laughs> mine is like gross, right? And unpleasant. Yeah, and yeah. therefore potentially visually interesting, if not funny. Sure. I hadn't thought about the visual. Ah, uh, uh... Uh, well, I'm the master of the visual, Alistair. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's I'm painting you're... pictures with my paintbrush. All right, so what are we what are we writing here? We're so what what are they doing? Brain, They're getting parts surgery. of their brain removed. Yeah, as a as a drug. It's what what is it? It's neuro uh, hacking. Um, for, <laughs> and they do it with a knife. And they do they you can do it with almost anything. You just you know you sterilize it. We we get. Kid, I don't know what it, what it is. How how kids at school they would do it with their with their little stencil, with their you know their uh, you know that sharp knife that you use in like mm. craft and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a little kind of scalpel. That's a craft knife. That's basically a that's 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 good. If you're doing it with that, you're you're doing great. I was thinking just like a butter knife or something. You just run it. No, but I think Andy, you got to get through the skull. Yeah, I know it takes a while. I mean, this bit, this is the part of this bit that is uh, really hard. It's genuinely really hard to get through the skull. Well, and but I think... you've got to not go through so much that you completely fuck up the brain. But you know, like, you know those stories about people who are addicted to drugs and they're like, we were so, uh, you know, rock, rock bottom. We shot up with water from the cat's bowl, right? We used water from the cat's bowl to mix our heroin. And this is like that. Yeah. We were, you know, our brain, home brain surgery addiction was so bad that we would do home brain surgery with anything. And, you know. I guess it's kind of like that thing where like anything, anything that's bad, if you're in it, if you're involved in it, mm. you're talking about how bad other people think it is and how it's really not that bad. Mm. 
right? And I guess that's probably like that with surgery is that surgery, like if there's people who can do it, Mm. then the fact is, is that most of us probably could do it. We're just not... Exactly. We're just not really informed, but but you could probably learn just enough, right? And if like, it's only a to get high. one specific thing that you need to do, so like surgeons, they need to do all sorts of stuff, and they're working on people who are sick and brains that are damaged and that sort of thing. But if it's just like you've got a working brain, and you only need to know how to do these few simple things, mm. you you basically need how, you, no, you could to know how to get there. Yeah, yeah, you, you need to know how to get in there. You need to know how to cut the bit you need to cut. Mm-hmm. And then you basically need how to just like, how to just seal off any blood vessels that are b- bleeding too much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, th- right? this is, this would be done all done with some kind of spray. This would be the thing that enables it. We invent this kind of like, it's a kind of a stasis spray. And it contains... Just brain spray. It's a brain spray. It contains some sort of um, cell uh, freezing technology where it doesn't really freeze the cells but it just puts them into stasis and and then everything's fine and that you know that you so you spray that all around the wound area and then you yeah you it, it also dissolves and then when you shove the other bit in it, it gunks back on again i'm very where would you do it advanced. at school though how would you do it at school would you just do, go in the toilets <laughs> in one of the cubicles i think at the in the back row of a of a uh a maths class Oh, wait, what are you kids doing back there? And meanwhile, I, mean, I guess if you were doing it that that way, like through the nostril. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. And then it is but just like stealing a skull car. underneath there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is. But I think it's a thin bit. There's a there's a there's a blood. There's a, you know, like a there's a barrier that is very, um very thin. There that I think yes you can just sort of bash like an eggshell through, yeah like an eggshell. You could probably just you know get a friend with a torch to put put the torch in one nostril <laughs> and you go in with the scalpel with the other. Yeah, yeah. And which one do and you then look through? You could just through? cut out a hole there and then you go fucking you're in. Maybe get a straw. Where in? Put a straw in the hole and then just. Yeah. And then there would be a cool thing amongst the kids to to eat that little bit of brain. No, you don't eat it. You got to be able to put it back in again. Oh, <laughs> but then one guy, oh Ricky, oh Ricky, swallowed it. He sucked too hard. What a dumb shit. Yeah, I don't know which Ricky bit of the brain it is. Evelyn's, Evelyn's fucking. Oh, this would be so good. You go in and you like, it'd be it'd be a great prank. You like, you go and you suck out the bit of the brain that knows what what dogs are say and then you like get to show somebody a dog for the first time and they're like whoa right and you just get to experience like that selective kind of ignorance where you just get to see something again for the first time it blows your mind and then they can put it back in again and you're back to normal but it's um i think it's just like it's a news story it starts with a news story kids in high school uh, and this is this may be troubling for any parents, mm. but uh, it's been reported that that a new trend in high schools is kids getting high via lobotomies. Yeah. So, uh, you know, because of some manual they found online, mm. and then you just see these kids like playing, mm. hanging out, going, "Oh, you're fine." Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> they like, oh, all dear. just oh, the shut up. We're putting it back. Yep. Um, and that is funny. Oh, he doesn't know what dogs are. What are dogs? Oh, what are dogs? Oh. Yep. What is that? Yeah, a cat? A, I think that's good. A weird cat. No. Sorry it if you hear that beep. Very funny. There's a beep in my yard, in my room. I'm gonna go turn it off. But you got a beep in your yeah, room. I'll be back. Oh. All right. Well, I I didn't do that with my child, and I assume the beep is coming from Alastair's child. The beep was coming from was coming from my NBN modem, and it has a battery in it. Oh, and, and it wants you to replace the battery. It's like a car-sized battery. Yeah, it's because the NBN they did some deal. Do you know about this? No. Where um, they were going to take out your standard phone line and replace it with the NBN, but the problem is the phone lines, your landline phones, still work even if the power is down. And. Yeah. There was, there's something like, even in the Constitution or some legal right that people have to a functioning landline that has that property. And so yeah. when they're installing the NBN, they have to make it so that it'll work even when the power goes out just to power your phone. And that's why they have to have this massive battery. It makes the whole thing much more complicated. But, I mean, who actually has a phone line or gives a shit? Nobody. But they had to do it. Yeah, and also it would still not be work forever because it's just a battery. Yes, and then it dies and then it makes a beeping noise. I think that happened to ours at our old house and we did something just to stop it beeping. I think there was some way you could... Yeah, I think... Well, you think you can just take the battery out? That'd be it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then just not have a thing when power goes out. Um, Anyway... And I think we have five sketch ideas. That's so now terrific. we just got to go to a listener's three word suggestions. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely ready. Absolutely ready. Well, Andy, today's suggestions come from Dominic Stevenson. Dominic Stevenson. Stevenson's oh. rocket Hello, was a Stevenson. really good train, wasn't it? Are you related to the guy who invented Stevenson's rocket? Anyway, we'll find out. Was that a train? Yeah. Uh, I think Stevenson's George rocket? Stevenson. He um he was one of the uh one of the very early pioneers of British steam uh locomotion and uh, but he was a rocket scientist in a way the Stevenson's rocket was a train that was just very fast okay as fast as say the the suburban trains that we have now nowhere near that fast no wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't begin Great. to approach that speed okay <laughs> Wouldn't begin to impress you at all if you were to see it now. No, but no, no. It's about as fast as like a rocket that ra- rockets go. There, were there rockets back then that they could even compare it to? Really good question. Yeah. I have no idea. How did they know about rockets? Maybe fireworks. <laughs> Maybe it comes back to fireworks. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, Dominic Stevenson, uh, the relative. Yep. Came up with three words. Do you want to try to guess what the first one is? Well, firstly, thank you very much, Dominic. Okay, the first word is dirt. No, it's it's made. Made. Okay. You uh, had one letter correct. Yeah. That's second. <laughs> the second word is um, calamity. No, you didn't get 
any letters correct. Oh my God. It's of. Made of um, um, leprechauns? You got one letter <laughs> correct. It's Milo. Made of Milo. So here's an interesting thing about Milo. Um, yeah. When I used to go to my grandpa's house, he had a tin of Milo. Um, and uh, I always wanted to have some, and he would never let me have any. And then one day <laughs> I opened it, and it had never, I don't think it had ever been eaten. And it had gone into this solid sort of slab at the bottom of the Milo container. I think it was like decades old. And it then shrunk down to like a little sort of, yeah, just like a little Milo tablet slab. And then I tried eating that and it was disgusting. (laughs) It's also possible he was keeping something else in the Milo tin. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I mean... He was a kind of a guy who would do a lot of, like, I guess, building and stuff like that. It's probably just, like, some mortar or something. Yeah, it was probably some terps. And this would explain why he wouldn't let a child have a sweet drink. That would explain it. Surely it wasn't just that he was a hateful person. He was deeply hateful. <laughs> deeply. No, he was a lovely man. Um, I know. But... But you, know, you gotta let kids do things. Watch, let kids watch The Simpsons. What is this thing? The only biscuits he would ever have were ginger nut, and I hated them at first. But then I really got to like them. I could go yeah. with ginger nut right now. They're good to dip in things. Yeah. Um. Well. Um, anyway, right, sorry. So. <laughs> okay, that's not helpful. Made of Milo. Made of. Milo. So, you know, obviously you've got things that could be made of Milo. Mm. But also, Milo could be, you know, the name of a dog. Right. Or a cat. Yes. Right? And then and you you make a coat out of its skin. Yeah. Like all those cats or dogs or whatever it was that died in the movie Milo and Otis. Yeah. Um, did well, what they, did they do with those bodies? Did they at least to honor them? Skin the dead animals, and then make a coat, nice coat for, say, the sound editor to wear at the premiere. Yeah. Because I can't think of a, a more more fitting and beautiful um, testament. Yeah, you know it'd be cool mm. to like you know you're a scientist right, and you you straight out say, listen. I in no way want to have any kind of sexual relations with a dog. I want to make that clear. <laughs> oh, great right. start. Yes. Okay. But this is and this is your Nobel Prize acceptance speech, by the way, where yeah. you're saying this. And and he says, but I think it would be cool to see if we could make a human out of dog. Yeah. But what you do is you just give you give a fertilized dog embryo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? But then you go in before there's been too much splitting of DNA. Yeah. And you just put in the human DNA there. You take out the dog DNA. Yep. Put in the human DNA. So technically it's a it's a dog it's a fertilized cell. dog egg. <laughs> dog egg. Right? It's weird to think that dogs have eggs. Yeah. They do and have it's eggs. It's a fertilized dog egg. <laughs> 
Yes. And you put your own your own DNA, DNA in there. DNA in there, yeah, sure. And you just see how close it gets. Wow. I mean you you you, you does it that but does it grow in the womb of a dog? Cuz that doesn't seem like that. That's going to have issues. Does it, or does you know, it if it's a the... big dog, it could be like a Saint Bernard or something like that. I think you're going to have to incubate it in a diff- in a third species. I think like, Why? A, like because I don't think there'll be room in the womb. No, I think if you do it in a Saint Bernard, no. there'll be room in the womb. They got. I'm sure they're ready for twelve. I, that womb's ready for twelve. I think you've got a. Have you have you seen diagrams of how they fit all those babies in there? It's a complicated no. looking arrangement. But I know, but. I just I would I, mean, I would just love to get a all the dog milk involved. you can drink. <laughs> put it in a put it in a hippo. Right, cook it in a hippo. Just to see though, just to see if we need to be doing this breeding thing, or whether we could just let two animals have sex, which is such a gift. Firstly, mm. Mm. right, and then you go in there very invasive. <laughs> Very invasive. You just take out their DNA, put in your DNA, yeah, and then you let them. Then you let your baby grow, and then you let, make it let, let it give birth, and then, and then I guess I guess you could either raise it or you could co-parent with the with, with the, the hippo or hippo. Yeah, I mean it's a complicated arrangement. What do you call that S- surrogate? So you got to like a. A dog, yeah, well, if a it's a surrogate, embryo, you just take it. And a hippo surrogate. You're not, you're not letting the hippo do any of the parenting. Mm. I think, you know what this does? And it, I what? think it's a thing that we've talked about on the, on the show in the past. Is that it's like, we got all these endangered species. And no one's going to protect them until we find a way to monetize them. Right? And you look at something like, like look at the cow. The cow's doing great because we can kill it and eat it and get its milk. And it, there's a there's a financial thing going on there. What does a hippo do? You can't do anything with a hippo except look at it. It's got a big belly. You could grow a whole lot of man in there. And we just you know we just look at these animals as a resource. And finally, they've got a reason to be protected. But you know it'd be good. If you didn't have to raise your kid and just the hippo did it, right? Yeah. Both maybe, you know, maybe a mother and a father hippo. That's what I think is necessary <laughs> in a hippo. <laughs> I believe that I'm a sorry, child needs I, a male parent and a female parent. They deserve that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the species. No. Um, I don't, they, they, but, they don't even have to be mammals. Just like, just get a couple of iguanas. If you get a snake. <laughs> no, it doesn't even have to be two iguanas. It can be a male iguana and a female muskrat. But. Yeah. But I mean, if you get a snake, they're used to having their body stretched out by weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? So if they have a regular ba- human baby, which is what I call regular babies, <laughs> um, in there, then, you know, they won't care. They'll be like, oh, this feels completely normal. <laughs> yeah. As long as you and get you, one of those yeah, At least birth. you just give it to first-time parents. They don't know what to expect. No, that's true. They just think, Unless they just read do think it's normal. What to they? expect when you're expecting. <laughs> um, um, very good. Look, I've just written animal. Oh, yeah, so anyway, 
you yeah you don't have to raise it mm. and then but then sometimes you go and visit it and you just point you bring your friend or something like that mm. and you go see that kid that's mine <laughs> <laughs> you know not everything you have to be hands on it's just it's nice to have be able to say you have ownership over something that's right um raised by wolves. Look, I've written down animal surrogate. I don't think it's a great idea, but it's definitely something and it's definitely based on the term made of Milo. Well, it's made of something, made of mi- Milo, made of dog. Yep. Dog eggs. Dog eggs. <laughs> nice big bowl of dog eggs. I don't think I'd eat an egg if it came from a mammal. I don't know what it is. There's got to be a sh- there's got to be at least one Chef who's gone in, gotten the eggs out of a dog ovary, oh, God. and made a really nice meal out oh, of it. Oh my God. Dog eggs. You think? Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, if you eat every part of the beast. Yep. Well, people definitely eat the balls of species, and. Yeah. And I dare say they eat the ovaries, and why not? When you cut open a ball, do you think there's just sperm in there that oozes out like a sort of like a Cadbury cream egg? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I think we got to wrap it up. And also, we got to thank Dominic Stevenson <laughs> for all so of much, that. Thank you so much, Dominic. <laughs> sorry, I feel like we're getting a bit tired towards the end. Of this. I know I am. We are so tired and we have to go to another meeting. Yeah. We consider this to be a meeting, by the way. This Two is a meeting? This is a meeting. <laughs> this is a business transaction. <laughs> And so I'll take us through the sketch ideas for today. We've got dine-in roller coaster, mm. including with a first-class cart. God, we started strong. Yeah, and then we got cleaned up by the moon. That's somebody who just gets out. <laughs> it's just right in the orbit of the moon, and then boom! Well, that could be um, our crash test dummy. Yeah, crash test dummy. That's right. Yeah. That could be good. Then we got clickerous. Mm. Oh. Okay. It's just somebody who wants to be very good at pleasing... Uh, anyone who has a clitoris and so they just change all of their light switches and everything to that or maybe you just try it as an you know as a conversation piece or just it's one of them you you get one of those smart homes right and it achieves sentience and then it's not interested in just turning on and off lights just instantly like that it needs but more yeah you're you're right. It's maybe maybe, maybe you, got, you can get the some you know some guy comes around. He's like, I can give you the smart home package. That's where all your lights turn on when you walk into each room, or I can give you the sensual home package. Exactly. And then yeah, he just replaces all your light switches with clickerises. Uh, then you got the gun fired pizzas. That's your our second pizza based <laughs> sketch for this episode. Um, that's a place that cooks their pizzas on firing guns. <laughs> Do you, are you picturing like AKs? Yeah, I'm picturing AKs. You better believe it. Great. Then we got... You know that uh, song, Ice Cube song? Where, first? He's, uh, where, he say, where he says it was a good day. I didn't even have to use my AK. Well, if you were running a gun-based pizza restaurant, that would actually mm-hmm. be a bad day. A really bad really day because you would... No customers. You'd be disappointing customers and not... Uh, providing what's what you're what what you said that you're exactly. providing i mean imagine that you were say you were doing it and actually you just got the s- sound of gunfire playing out of your sort of laptop speakers <laughs> and you're just cooking it in a conventional microwave single 
home oven or microwave. I'm running one of those microwave pizza joints. <laughs> on this on the spectrum of pizza joints, it goes all the way from wood fired down to microwave. And then onto microwave fire. Yeah. That's when burning microwave waste <laughs> a pile just... of burning microwaves. <laughs> oh, I don't really like microwave thing. Well don't bag it till you try it. It's not the same thing. A lot of people hear the word microwave. They get turned off. They think this pizza is not going to be cr- crispy and, uh, you know, it's not going to have a nice smoky flavour. Well, I mean, when you realise we're burning plastic and metal, <laughs> you know how hot that stuff burns? You'll realise we're burning. Your pizza is going to be, if anything, too crispy. I'm running a, pizza, a plastic-fired pizza joint. <laughs> oh, it's just fun to come up with all the different possible pizza joints. Mm-hmm. And then we have animal surrogates. This pizza is made, can... cooked with the heat of burning other pizzas from inferior yeah, restaurants. That's right. There we go. And these animal surrogates, you know, where they also surrogate the parenting... That's because you can't ever just impregnate an, an animal and then just leave. Well, and just know that one day, you know, you'll meet that half dog, half human. I mean, is it weird? Would it be weird? Is it wrong if you have a pet dog? You know, very often um, someone will ask their best friend to be a surrogate for them if they can't um, have a child themselves. Well, a dog is man's best friend, so. <laughs> You could ask your dog. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Or you could ask your actual human best friend to carry your dog's children. (laughs) (laughs) So my dog's infertile. Um, Will you be the surrogate for my dog? Oh, fuck. That one really gets to a point where it's like close enough to reality to really hurt. Um, that kind of comedy. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. I think we got to go. So, boomadin dade, boomadin dandi, boomadin dandi, boomadin dandi, boomadin dandi, boomadin dandi, Thank you so much for listening. I'm at Stupid Old Annie on Twitter. And I'm at Alistair TB. We're at Two in Tank. You can find us on Instagram at Two in Tank or me at A Trombley Birchall. You can review us and you can support us on Patreon. Thank you to everybody who has supported us on, on Patreon. You are incredible. Um, and you, you know what? You can take care of yourself and you can have a really good life. Yes. And uh, I hope that uh, any elections that might be happening in your country today or tomorrow, I hope they go the way that you so wish. <laughs> That's right. I hope that too. And we we love love you. You. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.